Okay, so Eric, how do you pronounce your last name so I make sure? Phelps. Cool. Yeah. Just making sure. Where were you at? Where am I at right now? No, what, like, where, John, where, where were you about to pronounce it as? Oh. <laughs> I thought Phelps, but on the off chance that it's like, hey, sorry, dude, it was Phelps. It's just the, like uh, a, <laughs> it's a unique spelling on that. And I, I would have been like, well, it's P helps. I've been called that. <laughs> it's a running gag on this pod that he can't pronounce people's names. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just realizing. Okay, wait. I know this sounds stupid for the handle. I always saw it as EP helps NYC as if like, cause I know you cosplay as Spider-Man. So I just assumed, oh yeah, cause he's Spider-Man. He's going around helping New York city and it's Eric Phelps. But now I'm Yo, realizing wait, that's it's awesome. E Phelps NYC. It's e Phelps NYC, but wait, you might, you might be onto something. <laughs> yeah. EP helps NYC. I like it. <laughs> that's what maybe, I, maybe a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like perfect. it. Perfect. All right, we'll get started. Welcome to John's Mostly Movie Podcast. I'm joined by Nick Edwards. Hello. And we have a guest today. You guys ready for this? You ready? Uh, please welcome Eric Phelps, television and theater actor, social media influencer, and cosplayer. You can find him on TikTok and IG at the handle EPHelpsNYC, or at least that's how I thought it was, but it's actually EPHelpsNYC. Eric, thanks for joining the pod. Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, we're going to be doing some Also, Hawkeye. producer James is here. Oh, also producer James Hi. is here. Every fucking time. There's never one where we can't have to cut it in. Oh, man. It's okay. I, I edit these uh, all heavily, so the listener doesn't know. <laughs> right, this is true. For all they know I is I have a perfect record. <laughs> but we are going to be doing some Talkeye today. Episodes three and four. Four that dropped today. So we woke up early, watched it, we're ready, we have thoughts. Uh, before we get into it, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the news that's going around with stuff relevant to MCU and one that's kind of not, but sort of. Uh, first one being, did you all see the announcement of Charlie Cox as Daredevil in the MCU? So outside of Netflix, but actually in the MCU. I did. Yeah, what was the exact quote? It was... If we see him, when we see him, we haven't seen him. It was all these things. And yeah. Like, when we, we see him. We can't say yeah. when we'll be seeing Daredevil, but when we do see Daredevil, Charlie Cox is the actor that we'll be portraying him. Right. Yeah. Somewhere I mean, there. I'm thinking he's going to show up as Peter Parker's public defender. See, that's what I think, too, and I, I want that. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page with that one. Yeah, which is why he's got to get that announcement out before the movie comes out. I... Just find it, f I would love, in my head, I would just love for that to be the first time Charlie Cox hears this news. Like, he, he what? I'm, oh, okay. And then, like, he has to make the arrangements. Oh, no, I just signed a contract to do a different television show. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's, like, been lobbying for it nonstop to the point where he's not even, have, he doesn't even have other acting jobs. I feel like they've been paying him <laughs> under the table. They've been like, hey, you're on hold wink wink and he's like he, i've only done one project in the last three years i wonder what it is you have me on hold for 
Yeah, I mean, coming from coming from an actor standpoint, I really wonder if they even. I mean, because everything's so NDAs, like non-disclosed. You can't. Everything's so confidential. It's highly confidential from from our standpoint when we get anything. I wonder if they even auditioned anybody else to be like, hey, read oh, these man. sides for for Daredevil. Like, let's see, <laughs> let's see your take on it. And then they're like, nah, Charlie Cox is still like the guy. <laughs> I we wonder like, if they even like. Yeah, I wonder if the. I mean, I'm sure it was all just like they called in special A-list celebrities and were like, hey, uh, read this. What do we think? And then they were like, no, it's still Charlie Cox. Yeah, Joe and Tony Arno did a pretty good job, but <laughs> I think we're gonna have to stick with Charlie Cox. No, I think they, uh, I think they were like, you know what, guys, I got it. It's trending this way out there, so we just bring it to the screen. Ben Affleck, he's back. Oh. Daredevil. <laughs> Into the devil verse. Classic movie though. Got a got a little taste of it back in his system with Batman. <laughs> yep, he wants it back this time. Uh, continuing on to news, we have officially because it's all inked now it's, it's in it's in blood shang chi 2 so uh destin daniel creton who was the writer director of the first movie he's officially been signed on to create and write the sequel the movie was great just won the people's choice award for best action movie i think and uh, i i was completely completely delighted by the movie itself by the lead i'm i'm very excited to see what they do with the sequel oh it's i think i've seen it four times now it's incredible i after watching it the first time in the theaters i also used to grow up uh watching martial arts movies and things like my dad just would always beat them down my throat when i was a kid just martial arts everything i called him i was like dad these stunts incredible i was like better than anything we've watched as a kid he's like oh, i don't man, believe so it good. he's like i don't believe it <laughs> but i was like these it was an incredible movie through and through i looked it up i think they said since it still holds the record for like most in the box office for this year it's at i want to say 224 domestic wow. so i know worldwide it's just knocked it out of the park and uh you know what it'll come up because this came up in the last time uh, we kind of joked around that we would love to see Wong show up in everybody's movie just a little bit here and there, just doing stuff. Uh, I had said with the previous Hawkeye episode that I really wish Wong was a part of the LARPers when Hawkeye went uh, to there. Uh, yeah, I, I maybe, really, that would be good. That maybe he's the guy that bought Avengers Tower. He did say he was out of money uh, when Doctor Strange asked him if he wanted a sandwich. Maybe he spent all his money on Tony's building. No, it's he lost it all in the fighting ring. I don't know how, even though he was winning. Because abomination is hard to get along with. That fight was clearly rigged. <laughs> yeah, the circle and the just fist right through. <laughs> so are you telling... Wait, James, are you telling me he's cutting abomination in on the earnings at the end? He's giving him a little cut Obviously. of that. <laughs> you go down in the fifth, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they put on a good show. Maybe you'll start controlling those punches like we've practiced. Fantastic. Um, well, speaking of nothing as far as a segue for Tom Holland, but I'm going to take it. No, um, you got to work on your segues. Buddy. We do, well, it's ever since we told Nick that we were going to ruin the transitions, and Nick's like, "Don't do it. You naturally yep. do them well. Why would you do that?" And we haven't since. Yep, into the segwavers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, Uncharted movie. Have y'all seen the image? Threw it up. 
Uh, I saw the trailer. I is this image? I think it's it's different. I don't know if it's especially different. It's might be just fairly new, or at least it's one of those high definition color grade. I'll be honest. I have not played much of the Uncharted series. Have you all? No, I actually I I played it like a few times when I was like I don't know fifteen. I was pretty young. Tom Holland was three years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, the way I've heard it described, because I've played other games by Naughty Dog, like The Last of Us, I've heard it described with the same type of voice acting and storytelling, um, and it's like Indiana Jones, so it's that type of sort of adventure movie like you go on. So I'm excited to see this. I just think uh, I'm seen always the hesitant. I haven't seen the trailer. It does not look good. Uh-oh. Has anyone else seen the trailer? I, I have seen the trailer. No. I just saw this image. I didn't realize there was a trailer out. Yeah, so you, you, this, there has been a trailer out. You're, you're giving this photo as news? This is what popped up when I was looking at news. They were just like, look, new stuff on Tom Highland. I was like, oh, perfect, Tom Highland. Because I was like, we just need a third. Let's do things in three. John was sorting by new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. So it's supposed to be pretty Indiana Jonesy and Nathan Drake, our adventurer is supposed to be, um, I don't know, uh, a professional who's done this for a long time. And because it's Tom Holland, it's like, Oh, this is your baby's first adventure. And, uh, it's, it's, and on top of that, uh, the movie just looks incredibly goofy, just, just too goofy for uh, a more serious adventure film. Mm. Well, now I'm worried because Mark Wahlberg's in it, and I keep thinking of the happening and that Mark Wahlberg coming into this film. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what what's going on with his cell phone there in that picture. Can, can you <laughs> zoom in and see what what? Enhance. What is that? It appears to be a map. Yeah, no, it's a map. Oh, it looks like a map of some sort. Makes sense. Yeah, they're they're exploring. Uh, explorers. I'm pretty sure he's just playing Pokemon Go. He's like, this is a great area. There's a Bulbasaur right around here somewhere. I don't know, I'm I'm fascinated by a movie adaptation of a video game inspired by Indiana Jones. That, like, if if this were a movie happening, say in the '90s, I would be jazzed to see the low budget uh, Uncharted movie video game that would invariably be spawned by this mm-hmm. i i'm just curious as to why they're turning them into movies where tv shows and miniseries are doing so well i mean uh right i mean hawkeye in itself is a long movie that they've just diced up into a television show yeah essentially sony owns a movie studio y- yeah i'm gonna say it's this, just yeah i'm looking at it i'm just looking at the cast right now and i'm just looking it's very much a a feature film cast like you got tom you got mark Wahlberg, and antonio banderas brian cranston like it just seems like a feature Uh, film cast to me i mean you even got this i mean she's incredible tatiana gabrielle she was just in you i don't know if you know she was the librarian in you if you watch you i need to see a photo of her but that name tatiana gabrielle she's in it i'm like it just seems like a feature film cast but yeah i totally agree with you It, it would be an awesome series like you could do so you could have four seasons of it and but it I don't know. And James, um, Sony needs to jump into the streaming business. 
get these uh, movies that's, out. That's what the world needs on another <laughs> streaming platform. You know what? We're just here for right. it. We accept them now. Okay, they're like apps. It's that never going to stop. Eight dollars a month for, yep. or steal your friends. At this point, remember I... when when people used to cancel their cable to save money, and then <laughs> you could just pick up like a streaming service or two and get all the stuff you needed. Yeah, remember when Netflix should... had everything? And everyone was okay with Netflix having everything, and then they realized, wait, how much money are you making doing this? If only there was a way to get all the streaming services into one bundle, and I just play one lump sum for everything I want to watch. We'll call I it could cable. call it cable. <laughs> just have one line coming in from the street to your house. All the TVs right here. Bunch of channels. You know we're like headed numerically that way. sorted we're headed on a screen. Way. You could just like push a button to to switch between them. I'm gonna stop the bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of regretted the bit as soon as I started. It's the fun thing about uh, recording around here, Eric. Is uh, sometimes we we go off in a direction, and then uh, like. 10 minutes get cut out of the podcast and we just seamlessly flow the you conversation for the end listener. You'd Not this. We no, really... this is actually the stay in. I hope it stays in, honestly. <laughs> Even us just talking about it, I think that's the stay in too, <laughs> to, be, to be completely honest. I'm trying to think what was the first streaming service that wasn't, like, that was a channel before a streaming service that made its own. So, like, Netflix was its own thing, but it was never a cable channel. Hulu, same thing. What was the one that was, like, we also have a cable channel and we're going to get and di- HBO. It was HBO, HBO yeah. right? HBO was like I think the first one, and now like Par- Paramount maybe is that is that is that it was that a channel? It w- it is now, and it was USA or oh, that's right. what it was. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, it, it counts. Yeah. All right. Let's. Hi, Tofu. Tofu is telling me to get into Hawkeye episode three. Hawkeye. <laughs> We're going into Hawkeye. So we have episode three titled Echoes. If, if you haven't seen uh, Hawkeye, mm. specifically the, the third and fourth episodes of Hawkeye. Um, I guess the first and second as well. Probably. Well read. If, you, if you're listening to this and haven't seen any of Hawkeye, cool, welcome. Uh, weird, but you know, cool. Uh, but also, spoiler warning, we're, we're going to talk the shit out of all this. Talk the shit. Is that an idiom? Is that a that I just? It is now. Spoiler okay. alert for talking the shit. Uh, did you realize the episodes are being uh, directed by a duo called Bert and Birdie? I did, and for a couple of uh, McDonald's commercial directors, they're doing a fantastic job. Oh wow! I, I mean, McDonald's has pretty good commercials. I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, they're known for a movie called Troop Zero, but before that, they 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 contract through Sony and. They they have directed commercials for McDonald's because I I love their style I love the the credits that include their name their code names Bert, Bertie, um, but I, I'm I'm really enjoying because the the model of Marvel choosing lesser known directors for me I was worried that it was so the producers can have more control versus a director who has a more clear vision and the ability to get it out there because they're more famous and Marvel shies away from that and they've actually 
whether they did or did not uh, have a little more producer control, it's now, especially with the TV shows, they're giving them a lot more creative control. And it is very effective. It, all of these shows have very different voices. Mm. And yeah. it, it, it comes across, and I'm enjoying every single one in terms of how different they are. Yeah, I agree. I, I love them for all different reasons. Yeah, I like it because it's – they're just – I mean, because they're, they're short. You get six weeks, but you're, you feel like you're invested in the world for six weeks. And then when the next show comes, it's a totally different world. It's totally different, different characters, everything – but there's still that slight thing because it's MCU and Kevin Feige and everything. There's it, everything still does tie together. But like you said, it's really cool to get different creative voices, different. I mean, I see up coming on the list, just different, so many different things. It's so diverse and just everything that it has and includes. I'm just thinking back to when we started this with WandaVision that in its own to now it's yeah, it's, WandaVision feels like a lifetime ago and mm-hmm. really set a it really deconstructed what we expected out of Marvel film media in a sense because th- that was the first TV show that was going to be within the MCU that was going to bring characters from the big screen to the TV. Um yeah. Yeah, I would say the only one that kind of felt like just typical Marvel was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That that yeah. felt like very like just Marvel, just punching, just action, very Marvel, and everything else has been uh, essentially making Marvel so much more than what it is, Like, which is amazing. I agree. Well, with the start of episode three, we're introduced to Maya, um, who's played by uh, Lequa Cox. Um, and I didn't realize this, but she had been cast like the news of her being cast had come out before anybody really knew what role or they knew what role she would play they didn't know how big or in what capacity the role was going to be but we're introduced to her uh maya aka as you all know her but i don't think we've officially said her name is echo that's just what they have said outside of it that she's been cast as a character named echo and we're learning though within the story that her name's maya um but yeah, I love the introduction to her as a little girl. Just the little hints that we get of the personality that she is. That she's super smart. The relationship she has with her father. And the, how she perceives her own community, deaf, the deaf community, and the hearing community. Um, how do, how was, what did y'all feel about like, just the introduction to Maya? Well, I'll just say I didn't know this fact about that she's actually deaf. Mm-hmm. I think that's incredible um, just because also coming from an actor standpoint, um, my best friend is an amputee and he was just seen on the last season of Riverdale. And he like we always talk about it. And it's like if the character is disabled, the actor should be disabled. So I think Agreed. that's really awesome coming from this standpoint that she's that she is deaf and that she's playing this deaf character. I think it's a great another form of Marvel for great representation here. Yeah, he's absolutely. also an amputee. Yes, that too. Oh, right, right, right. Which is something not a part of the the character, or it was not written into the character, but when she showed up and uh, did whatever she did in the audition, uh, that became part of the character. Part of the character. Exactly. That's so cool. That's amazing. 
Yeah, oh, right, because I remember the, the boxing scene where she's just kicking ass. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And she was, uh, she was saying, I was watching an interview, she hadn't really done much acting, maybe like a play in school, and then this opportunity to audition showed up, and I think some friends had told her to do it. But, I mean, she's fantastic from the standpoint of being the boss and the stakes being so clear, the struggle, the everything that's on her mind. Um, like, good for her in that way of not having much acting experience and absorbing all that and having the character easily portray it. Um, yeah, I mean... She's already, I can already tell, like, she's a badass. And from our previous conversation, James, and I don't know if this made it on the pod, you were saying that in the comic books, there's a time where Daredevil is taken into custody and as a way t- for him to clear his name, he contacts Echo to dress up as Daredevil. Um, I believe that was Nick that said that. Oh, Nick. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, goes, <laughs> kicks ass, and people are like, oh, okay, it can't be uh, you, Matt Murdock. It, you know, Daredevil's still out there. You were in jail. Great. You're free. Uh, makes sense, and I think now that I realize that she's deaf and Daredevil's blind, that dynamic is badass that I would love to see. Mm. The the factoid about Echo that I did bring to last episode was that she has uh, Taskmaster-like uh, combat abilities such that when she sees someone do a combat move, she is instantly able to mimic that and, and uh, use that against them. Oh, sweet. Which we actually saw in this episode, her dad telling her, sit on the sidelines, pay attention, watch everything. And then we see her do what she watched to a much larger opponent and uh, win. That was rambly. It was no, good. No, I mean, it was... Yeah. Also, I love that she plays her dad, uh, Zahn McCormick. Yes. Yeah, he's in Doctor Sleep and Westworld. He's every time I see him, I'm, I get excited about it. He's one of my favorite parts of Westworld. He did a great job, and uh, I too felt for her when her father was taken by the evil Ronin, going and just killing fathers all willy nilly. Oh, here we go again! Look, man, the he's running a mafia ring, okay. Ronan just had, it's organized crime. Ronan had to take it out. But you're not really asking yourself about the, the societal issues that <laughs> led to that crime. There, there was a, a need that it wasn't was being filled by society. That... Yeah, if, if Mr. Lopez didn't personally murder any innocent people, oh my God. overkill. That's all I'm saying. Well, he, he described uh, the, the suppliers that he dealt with, uh, as well as management. So really, it sounds like a war on drugs thing to me. Like, so, the, and so Nick, I think you just love the tracksuit mafia. I think that's, that's all this is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I sent in an application already. <laughs> um, so we open with a Hawkeye and them on the merry-go- Is it like a merry-go-round? What, is it, what are those called again? So it's like just the horse you put a coin in and it moves for you. Um, I love, once again, the tracksuit mafia, the stuff they said. Oh, there it goes. Where's your arrow? Not here. And Imagine Dragon tickets. Oh, that was hysterical. That, that, <laughs> that whole Imagine. <laughs> she's like, well, hey, at least you don't have to see Imagine Dragons. He's like, I love Imagine Dragons. <laughs> and she hits like 
you both need to apologize. Oh, this is good. I need to write this down. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah. I also am realizing I love that the tracksuit mafia is just all different ethnicities because then you have Mexican in there because you have the guy that's like, hey, bro, camete. Like, easy. I love it. This. I wish they had more one-liners. They don't give them enough. Clint and Maya meeting and Maya realizing that Clint isn't fluent in ASL. Um, Another uh, payoff to a thing that we mentioned in the last episode, uh, theorizing how much ASL Clint actually knows. Yeah, that's why... It turns out not much. Yeah, one of us nailed that. (laughs) I told you. Well, because the fact that the little boy, like, was doing that, and he's like, okay, yeah. Like, I feel like, oh, he's learning with his dad all this. He wants to learn. But, of course, the little boy is going to pick it up faster because at that age, the mind and everything, you can... You can learn different languages faster. Yeah, plus, um, uh, canonically, his son has Taskmaster powers. <laughs> <sighs> Not everyone in the Barton family wants to be a superhero, Nick. Sometimes, like we said, she, the what is it? His daughter? Because his daughter's not picking mm-hmm. up a bow and arrow anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she'll pick up a sword later. Also, she was uh, the director's daughter uh, when she was initially cast, so I don't know how much. Uh, I mean, they held her on acting so. aspiration she has, and how much that was. Uh, I get in the movie. <laughs> um, the scene where Clint escapes. Uh, well, actually, no. Before that, uh, Clint lets Maya know that Natasha killed Ronan. Um, the way this is done, the in and out of audible to no audible, I think it's perfect. Um, yeah, it should, yeah. should be said, very good series to watch with headphones on, uh, as there are a number of shifts in audio perspective to either deaf characters or hard of hearing characters. Uh, so very like effective, sudden uh, shift whenever you know, all the, the background audio of a scene cuts out and we're very much from the perspective of a particular i'm i'm rambling uh, no. I, have, I, I appreciate that i, I had the same thought listening to no i i, I totally get that i mean i actually that's a great idea because it's kind of like when you i don't know if you have the the airpods pro yeah kind of like when you turn them mm-hmm. to uh, when you're just when you're going through the three modes it's like very jarring the way it goes through so that's mm-hmm. that's very interesting i'd love to go back and watch those scenes with yeah, uh, Apple, give us money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely feels like that. For The sound design is fantastic because mm. those moments where things are full dynamic audio to mono or non-existent, depending on the character's perspective. Because when it's Clint's perspective, we still hear f- very faintly. But when it's Maya's, there's nothing whatsoever. And those are little details that I appreciate in the audio side of it. Um, and I love that uh, Clint... Being the hard of hearing person recognizes the the like sliding scale of disability that he is on and is able to recognize that she perhaps uh, expects him to be somewhere else on that scale and can identify his limitations in communication or, or what he may expect to be expectations of him having learned ASL. Yep. Uh, um, Clint escapes. Yay, through some badassery, uh, and he gets his bow and arrow back. I find it funny that we 
like, there's a part where he jumps and he lands face first, and I think into a, like a wooden bookcase and breaks it. I'm pretty sure, and it just reminded me of like, oh yeah, you really can't remember when you lost your hearing. Like these, we're go- we're literally going through what happens to you in these miss- missions, which is you just get hurt constantly. Oh right, when they show the montage of like yeah. all of the just like the explosions, like from Ultron and so many other things, just like, <laughs> like oh that's yeah. that's how you lost your hearing. Yeah. Um, and then we get with his hearing aid is knocked out of him. It's crushed by Maya. So then they're able to escape, but now he can't hear whatsoever. Kate can't communicate with them, and it's evident when they're trying to... The car scene, the fact that Clint doesn't want to take the charger whatsoever, and he wants to take like whatever car it is that they are going. That whole scene right there, that whole opening. Uh, James, I saw your notes. You called it the children of men. That, that I, yeah. Oh, this, oh this yeah. The specific camera turning uh, 360 degrees one direction and then spinning right back the other direction while people are climbing up on the car and and shooting at it. Yeah. That, that. It was a great one take. It was awesome to watch because uh, like the music with it, everything to that. Um, my favorite part of it is just Kate discovering that there are actually trick arrows. Like. Marvel writers, I hate you, but they're very patient with some of their setups because they'll place it in as like a discard line in episode one and they'll bring it in and it just, it's perfect for episode three. Because episode one, she's like, what about trick arrows? He's like, those don't exist. Let's move on. And we literally move on and then here it is, trick arrows. But also we know for a fact that trick arrows exist because like we've seen him shoot a bunch of them in these movies. Well, to be honest, until she said the word trick arrows, I never, those were just arrows. Like everything Hawkeye does. Right. I think Hawkeye is the same perspective. I think uh, he doesn't call them trick arrows, so they don't exist. Specifically, it's, we find out later, they're not trick arrows, they're trick heads. (laughs) They're all arrows. You just put the trick head on the arrow. Yeah, so he's arguing semantics to Kate. <laughs> yeah, I will say, though, in, like, previous movies, though, he'll have his so-called trick arrows. Like, yeah, it'll shoot maybe one or two, or it'll explode, or it'll do a few things. This scene, they were doing things that we've never seen before. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, we're, these are trick arrows. Like, those were, like, <laughs> handy arrows. These are tr- truly trick arrows. I love that he's also trying to sort them. Like, nope. Nope. Yeah, right. It's like going through like a like a Rolex of just a Rolodex of things. Which I I I mentioned last time. I've been reading the Hawkeye comic that this is uh, taking bits and pieces from, mm-hmm. uh, and got to a bit I think last night where there's a a lot of discussion around the acquisition of tape for marking the arrows in the quiver so you can reach back and feel. You know, how much tape or where the tape is on the shaft and mm. know which one is which. And it's a thing that they don't have in this show. And as such, it's just Clint remembering and... It's a wild west of arrows. Yeah, and Kate yeah. having absolutely no idea what she's grabbing. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I like the conclusion of the USB because it is in that comic where Kate's bitching about it. But uh, they also used it effectively in the What If cartoon. Uh, can you touch on the USB? Because I just, I don't know much about that outside of why is there a USB arrow? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you did a lie. <laughs> but uh, it was the last one in that little scene and to where 
she has to threaten that this right. last arrow is really going to get you and then just bounces off him and it's used as a joke but apparently if you watch what if you know that it can be used effectively in the heat of battle where they actually need a usb i believe he also used some similar sort of it wasn't actually like this one actually had a usb a port like a, a 3.0 blue tabbed port on the end that you could plug into your pc today uh in in both what if and also the first avengers movie uh we see him use some sort of arrow tip that has spikes that plug into a computer that do things mm-hmm. uh he used it when attacking the helicarrier in the first uh, avengers movie uh i just i just love the line that uh kate has that he she hopes that they have a dongle arrow so as to be able to use this fucking hate that word too computers don't have usb ports on them anymore <laughs> I fucking hate the word dongle. I, I won't lie to you. I'll just say adapter. Uh, um, I did enjoy the pin, the pim arrow that coming that in. Was that was sweet. nice. Nice little yes. chef's kiss to the scene. It was great. Um, and which leads us into them escaping, eventually talking about taking the dog out. Pizza dog. Gotta love pizza dog. Um, but the scene with Clint talking on the phone and needing Kate's help and talking to Nathaniel was going back and rewatching it was so just a very honest moment because when Kate first tells him that it's Nathaniel, not his wife, the immediate reaction on his face is just he's worried. You could tell uh, they don't last. They don't linger on it long because I think Kate gets that hint and quickly says that, you know, he's just. He's bored, it's early, and you can tell, like, the progression of just heartbreak for Clint in this scene, not being able to effectively communicate with his family mm. um, and relying on Kate to communicate with him and being vulnerable enough to share what he needs to talk about. It's nice. It's a nice little moment that they have. And, yeah, I was, I was interested to see, like, I knew that we had like the grumpy old man with the new bright-eyed apprentice dynamic but it really is showing i don't know it's just i really enjoyed that moment so did i very well put yeah it's just always cool to see like when you see someone yeah when you see the elder still learning from somebody who's yeah that's always just a nice moment to see and it happens a lot it makes sense with Hawkeye. He's always like, all right, what do I have to learn in order to complete the task? Whether it's joining the LARPers and the first one in order to get what he wants to this. Um, we also got the uh, payoff of from the first episode, the dinner scene setting up what we're going to do for, for Christmas with each of the kids. Each of the kids has a night that they plan and this is, I believe, now the second of these nights that he is having to miss. But hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll be back for Christmas sweaters. I mean, what a way to celebrate the holidays, too. Like, I, I don't go all that out the, the week of, but I think I need to. It's a holiday party. They had gingerbread houses. They had movie marathon. Again, he uh, was so upset at the loss of his family that he murdered 
presumably hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of criminals over five years. He gingerbread so. houses the pain away. Of, of varying levels of crime. You're right. <laughs> oh, my Let God. Known. Yes. Um, is Pizza Dog the best name for this dog? Because the dog. So I'm just ginger. imagining, like, Ronin squaring off in my apartment building's hallway against my weed dealer. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck did I do, man? You know that it's illegal to sell. Takes a sword to the neck. But it's recreationally uh, legal. It's legal to own. It's not legal to sell. (laughs) And I will be owning this. And he leaves. Um, Takes the stash. Uh, It was the four years during the blip. It was dark times. Okay. We end the episode at Kate's. I can't even call it an apartment. This is fucking ridiculous. Penthouse. There's an elevator that opens into the uh, house, so I, I think it's a penthouse. Yeah, it's definitely a penthouse mm-hmm. with a chandelier. Um, yeah, but you guys live in New York. This is something you guys deal with all the time, right? I, I mean, I have an elevator, but it doesn't open into my apartment. Yeah, it opens right. into a floor. <laughs> it's just for everybody to use. It's yeah. not private. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's, there's no... Uh, I could be in there with anybody. Who knows? They might not even live in the building. No, but uh, our episode ends with Jack pulling a sword on Clint. Cliffhanger. Yeah, just a sword. I, the sword. I, yeah, I know it was it was his sword, uh, the Rona sword. I kind of left this episode. I'm, I don't know. You guys, tell me what you think. I left this episode. I was just talking to my buddy. We were talking about theories and stuff. I was like, oh, it's Fisk. Like it's Kingpin. It's all like he's at the top. Yeah. Like when when Jack does the sword, I'm like, I feel like for whatever reason there was something about that where I was like, I feel like everything here is tied to Kingpin's a part of this. It's for sure Fisk is something like, because I I even like did some research too, and there was just some some re I uh, like all the names that when she was in the computer. Yeah. Um, I read something that there was like a there was like a name that was somebody that daredevil in one of the seasons had questioned well something i can't really remember but it, there's some sort of there's a lot of ties it yeah. seems like there's a lot of ties here to daredevil the scene in which we see ronan kill uh, maya's dad mm-hmm. took place at fat boy auto yep yep uh, we we just crew we we visited on the scene of a young Maya in her taekwondo lesson or, or karate yeah, lesson. Yeah, the uncle picks her up. Skipped right over the uncle with Vincent D'Onofrio laughing, like that was yes. 100. percent Was that D'Onofrio's him? Voice. It, it, if you it, listen to that voice, and, I gotta go back because I I, I yeah, realize now sure. like. Yeah, the uncle pinches the cheek or whichever, and I'm like, huh. Now that I'm going back, they really uh, who the fuck is that uncle? The the footstep audio of him stepping over to Maya was like a heavier, louder mm-hmm. footstep than the other characters walking around in that scene. And he was wearing a a black suit with a black shirt, which was a look he has sported in the past. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure that was Vincent D'Onofrio's voice. Yeah, that's I for sure. It wasn't like confirmed, but it sounds so much like him. That that mysterious man chuckle or whatever. Well, do you think he shows up in the show in the next two episodes I or this is a reveal for later? I I don't know. I mean, I know we're getting into episode 4 now. I don't know cuz you got two episodes left and you still have to deal with what just showed Which up in dropped, episode yeah. 4. Yeah, so it's yeah. like 
I don't know, but I feel like there's just so much room for. I could see something. I mean, obviously with the Charlie Cox thing, you you just never know. I don't know if he'll necessarily show up, but oh well, shit, it might be Daredevil's watch. Well, it's funny you mention that because on Twitter, Vincent, how do you say his last name? D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. He's kind of been like awesome charlie cox like he deserves to be in the mcu everything like that and people are like what about you and he's like well i don't know great impression (laughs) thanks thanks uh i could see them doing last frame we get something where like hey boss everything's gone to shit hawkeye you know all that they they did all this blah 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 uh similar to how um at the end of avengers we were introduced to thanos that little bit that mm. is where I feel this would end, is we get him at the top of Fisk Tower in that office. Something. Formerly Avengers Tower. Formerly, the, oh my God. Yes, because he said that he sold the tower. Mm-hmm. Double doors burst open. Kazi stumbles in uh, bloody and, and begins giving his report to the back of a chair with a bald head. <laughs> oh my uh, God. Maybe we get a, a chair spin, a la the the mm, yeah. turning around that we got uh, from Thanos, Thanos on Thanos, his throne. Right. Uh, but when they did it for Thanos, I don't know if Brolin was uh, confirmed he wasn't. yet. Yeah, because they, they didn't even know. That what was they, a different actor they, in prosthetics. Did, yeah, they didn't know what they were going for. It looked terrible, and then they obviously figured it out. But I, I think this, if they turn it around, it's it's going to be big D'Onofrio. I think it's going to. Yeah, there's no one else that could play that role, especially now that the Marvel and them, like you said, with the NDAs, anything that slips out is always strategic. So, like, mm-hmm. if it's just slipping out right now that Charlie Cox is going to be Daredevil, that puts in your mind that anybody within Daredevil could be in play because they've already converted one person over. So anybody within that Netflix universe could possibly be pulled. And I think, yeah, if... There's no way you cannot address it. I mean, the exciting thing that we haven't noted yet is that the movies appear to be going in the direction of maybe the other properties that uh, Marvel has licensed over the years in movies maybe all count and are maybe all able to cross over into this uh, universe or moving forward, maybe the rules of which universe we're following get lax. I mean, I don't uh, need I'm, Iron Fist. That I can do without. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, given that we previously have been told... Lit Cage like, Ghost Rider. For... for <laughs> yes! That's one of them. Great. Uh, when, great. When the Netflix Marvel shows first came out, they were pitched as, this is in canon. This is happening in the same universe. And it was sort of only one way. The, the TV shows could make mention of the movies, but the movies never recognized the TV shows. And the like exclusion of those shows from that's canon... That's because Feige and the guy who was in charge of the TV shows were feuding. Sure. And so oh, I, um, he, he didn't want to give him the TV guy the satisfaction. Which makes sense because I forget what who, but whoever was the first showrunner for Daredevil, he's a part of like the writing camp or like the close-knit group of Whedon. So I'm pretty sure once hmm. Joss Whedon left the MCU, Kevin Feige kind of took over the visionary direction. I'm sure, yeah, that makes sense with the feuding. Well, yeah, I wonder even if they bring in the – those guys like bringing in Charlie Cox, it, it it's his version of 
Daredevil, but I would just wonder how much necessarily like those three seasons matter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, just I don't, I don't want to say matter, but like, yeah, you just know that. But it's like those specific things don't necessarily have to affect or have to have yeah. affected because they happened a while ago before the technical blip, too. So it's like, yeah, it's just casting because you're like, oh, he's he's great at it. We still like him in the we want him to join the universe now. I don't know how much the show necessarily. Yeah. And uh, spoiler alert, but uh, Luke Cage ends with Luke Cage being a mob boss. So <laughs> maybe he's doing something around here. Hmm. Maybe. Are you well? The the scene that I pitched earlier still works. <laughs> still works. It right. still it, does it, work. Yes. Bald headed yes. a chair. Yeah. <laughs> Turns around and it's it's Luke Cage. Sweet Christmas. Well, let's go into uh, another big drop that happened. Episode four dropped today. Um, picked up right where episode three left off, but in Marvel fashion, they're gonna leave you thinking that oh my god, what's gonna happen for a week and quickly turn it on you and diffuse the situation so what was left as a cliffhanger not really a cliffhanger oh hey it's the uh, archer hey okay <laughs> we love archer, you oh my right. god and like jack immediately <gasps> like christmas morning eyes um he is a delight <laughs> i man fuck this guy nick you're gonna be defending him to the end even if he's evil, he's doing it in a way that I, I just appreciate his personality. He's chewing on scenery in a very He good stole way. that sword. I just want to remind you, Nick. He stole During that sword. an auction that you were hoping. <laughs> I'm done with you. <laughs> um, we do have, once they're all talking and, you know, the title of this episode is Partners, am I right? Kind of the... I like all the titles, by the way. Yeah, the titles are great. Uh, but we have Eleanor warning Clint that she can't lose Kate. Eleanor, who, what's funny is when I was typing up notes, I was just like, oh, there's Kate, there's Clint, there's Jack, and there's Vera Farmiga, because I don't know what her character name is. And then it was Eleanor, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, it's Eleanor. Um, but very once again, we're getting human moments. And I think what's funny, Funny to, or not funny to me. What I appreciate is anytime people are bringing up Natasha, because Natasha is the one Avenger that has died. Like, I don't. Well, Tony died. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Steve Uh, probably died. He was very old. I don't think anybody knows that he's old, though. Like, I think everyone, because no one knows what happened with Rogers or anything. He's on the moon. I hope well, see, I just think he's old and he's blending in. No one expects someone who looks 20 to be like 80. He, I mean, he's probably living his best, best life like a celebrity that can go into Target, like unmauled. Or maybe he's on the moon. Who knows? I don't I don't know. It seems like a baseball cap and a pair of aviators have made him invisible <laughs> right, public right. for me. Most of the last decade. It's like Superman just putting on a pair of glasses. Like, oh, I don't even mm-hmm. recognize him. Don't even don't know him. <laughs> but it's that knife. Anytime someone brings up Natasha, it's like, ugh, knife right in his heart. It sucks. I mean, he also gets the, so- uh, the, uh, the sword back. Great. You can tell that that's like, okay, that's off. I can take that off. He learns that Jack is the CEO of Sloan, which is with Nick's favorite group, the Tracksuit Mafia. Are they still good guys, Nick? 
they still, you know, innocent until proven guilty? Because we got a lot of evidence here. Evidence of what? Laundering money. Uh, Money laundering, it's a financial crime. I mean, it's white white collar, if anything. Uh, Also, how did they know Kazi's last name? I'd assume Clint. Uh, uh, Hawkeye, he said, I recognize that guy. Oh, okay. Okay. I missed that. Right, when they pulled it up on the computer. Yeah, the rapport that they have also. I'm assuming that this isn't Clint's first time talking or like interacting with Maya or it is with Maya but like with this group in the sense of like trying to throw them off the Ronin trail um, yeah well Nick here comes more of Jack sweeping off Eleanor off her feet and sort of winning over the heart of Kate softening it at least enough where she's like you know what you're right we should be around family and fuck this family. I'm just going to go with this stranger I met a couple days ago because that's the real story of Christmas. In all fairness, she did see him through a hole in a wall in her apartment in 2012. 200 yards away. Been infatuated with him ever since. So doesn't make the situation creepy at all. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. If he was Huey Lewis, I'd be freaking out. <laughs> that was a great line. Because now I just want Huey Lewis to show up in the MCU. Like for one bit where if it's something where they're like, hey, we, we have to get information out of Jack. We got to throw him off. He can't see it coming. I know yeah. the perfect trick. Elevator opens. Huey Lewis. Jack. Well, D'Onofrio couldn't make it. Uh, Huey Lewis plays the kingpin. And then in Thor Love and Thunder, we get Christian Bale as uh, Gore the God Butcher uh, with uh, the... Oh shit! I'm blanking on the name of the sword that he has that he kills gods with. Uh, dancing around uh, in his living room. Uh, it's an American Psycho joke. Got it. I get it. I appreciate it. And I have to return some videotapes. Necro sword. I'm sorry. It's a necro sword. Um, I did enjoy this like little montage of slushies bonding coin trick. But yeah, like I keep forgetting that. Uh, Kate is like of drinking age. She's twenty-two, even yeah, though uh, but, Hawkeye always refers to yeah, her as like eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm always like, right. oh, then, yeah, she's a kid. And it's like, oh shit, we're all drinking together now. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I'm glad that <laughs> she's college. Twenty-two. <laughs> I also find it funny, like they just say slushies and they allude to it being blended. You know what's in there? Oh, I saw. I was like, yeah, they're 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 boozing. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I'm drinking out of that uh, Thanos' right mug. (laughs) I had to take a screenshot of that. Well, that's the second time that he's seen the Thanos' right. Well, no, he saw that... uh, On the urinal. I'm trying to think, where did that coffee mug come from? Did he pick up that coffee mug after seeing that on the urinal? I think he was in the the kitchen. I thought that was was already in the apartment. Yeah. Interesting. So there's like a lot of people, apparently, on this uh, Thanos' right bandwagon. There's a subreddit. They were wrong. Thanos yeah. is right. Thanos was right. There's a subreddit wow. about it. There are better ways to use infinite power than yeah. to kill half of the people. Couldn't you just give infinite resources then? Yes. Like food, water to all? That's the answer. Yeah. But he really wanted to do a genocide. And as somebody who was snapped, I do take it personally. There's a website, right, where you can look to see if you were snapped? 
Yeah. Oh my god. That's funny. The internet has everything. <laughs> is the coin trick out of the? Is that something that has more meaning than it? It's a thing that was introduced very early on in Volume Four of Hawkeye, the the one that we're talking about in okay. the comics. Uh, that was a trick uh, he initially was telling his neighbors that he could do uh, to break beer bottles, uh, and I believe is the way that he stops the car that almost hits Pizza Dog uh, in the scene where he saves Pizza Dog from mm-hmm. traffic, which we saw Kate do in an earlier episode. Uh, but there, I just earlier this morning actually got to an issue that had a flashback uh, of his brother teaching him how to do that and specifically pointing out you're going to need quarters or nickels, dimes are too light, don't mess with pennies, you got to get the, the snap just so. And, and yeah, that, that was very much a thing from the comics that whenever he pointed out, oh, I can, I can knock somebody unconscious with this thing, my brain immediately was like, oh, that's, ooh, you're going gonna to do that, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do expect Clint to knock someone unconscious in the next two episodes. Probably that's how he and Kate reconcile things. I mean, let's be honest. This Clint Barton just kills people. Like, no, that's Ronan, okay? When he's Clint or Hawkeye, he just yeah, hurts them very Yeah, these Mafia guys are taking a lot of arrows. You know what? He's accurate enough to know that he's not going to kill him. He's just going to hurt him. Yeah, I mean, he could do that without stabbing somebody. They could have done it without laundering money and killing others. You, what evidence do you have of killing others aside from potential arson on Kate Bishop? Um, I did. Yeah, appreci- I read somewhere that. Oh no, no, go, 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 please. I read somewhere that um, in the comics, Jack and Clint know each other. In the comics. In the Jack comics, is... but here they clearly are. They don't yeah, know each other it, at all. In the comics, yeah. Jack was like a some swordsman who trained Clint or something. That's exactly correct. Right. So interesting. Yeah, I know. When that it's kind of weird. They just totally. I mean, they may not have dropped it, but they totally were like, "Nah, we're like practically the same age here, almost." It feels like they set it up to make you think that. And ending last week's episode with, "They're gonna meet face to face. We could. They could recognize one another." And now we see. I see. And then okay, I see what you're saying. Maybe I don't know because I feel like like oh wow, they do know each other. And then they were like, oh no. Here they don't at all. So is Marvel again? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I just don't trust Marvel. What from like week to week episodes? Ever since WandaVision with Quicksilver and everything to that, they knew what they were doing. They knew like what people were gonna expect, what the chatter was gonna be, and then each week they just kept like, nope, we're gonna mess with you here. We're gonna mess with you here, and then yeah, okay. The boss of the Traction Mafia is Mephisto. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, essentially, they're just trolling people who know the comics really well. Because they're like, oh my god, they should know each other. And then they're like, nope, they don't. Nope, our version, surprise. They don't. Right. So. Say a thing that I've seen uh, theories online that a lot of the Easter eggs that show up in these properties are mostly bait to see if anybody gets excited about it and starts hoping for a thing to show up in the future. <laughs> and if people like freak out about oh this name or or this prop that is related to such and such character from the comics uh if that gets enough uh, of a groundswell then that may end Make up screen into a script in the future so like i better see a series of pizza dog then that's all i gotta say <laughs> please um i want it kate meeting the larpers 
as uh, her mission while Clint meets with Kazi. That, that was funny. Oh my god. Uh, the meeting with the LARPers was just I. I love how they're all just yep we're down. Like we're here to make a deal. We're all on board. Let's do it. Uh, and then Clint with Kazi, what stood out for me is when he takes his gun. Like he tells him like, hey, Maya's chasing a ghost. Um, you shouldn't do this, yada, yada, yada. And Kazi asks, hey, can I have my gun back? And Clint's like, nope. And then he chucks it. Chucks it. And Kazi's like, oh. It's like so good. It, and it makes me wonder if those things are improvised because I really hope so. Yeah, I like their portrayal of Kazi. Me too. Yeah, I really do like the take they're they're going with it. It's Fra Fra Fee, I think is his name. Fra, Fra Fee. He's doing a great job. I think so. Yeah, he's he's killing it because it's not. I mean, from what I've read, I don't I don't know the comic super well, but Kazi's really intense, like really nasty, and they're kind of giving him a light. I mean, he's obviously a, a, has intensity, but they're giving him a lighter heart in this. We're like, oh, he's funny or just has a heart to him. He's not just like this crazy killer guy. In the comics, he wears a trench coat and paints on clown makeup or, or like, almost like mime makeup. Like Joker-esque, right, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I like this, this interpretation a lot. Yeah, he's he's... In the comics, he is the assassin that the uh, tracksuit mafia bring in to take out Clint when he starts becoming too much of a problem for the organized crime world to allow to continue existing. And nobody wants to do it because he's an Avenger and that would get a lot of heat down on them. So the tracksuit mafia steps up and says, hey, what if what if we do it? We can contract somebody else. Mm. And, and Kazi is brought into the comic. This is a, a much uh, warmer and, and friendlier and... <laughs> I like this one. Yeah. I like this Kazi. Absolutely. I hope he survives. <laughs> it, we may not see it. I mean, we we got two more episodes. Yeah. We'll find well, out in the well, next two weeks. Well, uh, Echo's getting her own series, and I think yeah. it's released that she and Kazi are both listed as regulars Ooh. on it. So. Oh, awesome. That would be awesome. That's great. Um, after he meets with Kazi, Clint goes back. All the LARPers have invaded the apartment. There's Kate's suiting up, and she tells them, like, hey, you know, can, I'll get you material. Can you make us a costume? Which I can only assume is what's on the Disney Plus like banner, like those costumes there. I can only assume right. like the that's what one. they're going yeah. to. Yeah. The bombshell bag. I'm already <laughs> anticipating that bag being destroyed. The, my wife <laughs> gave me this bag, though. It, it, it's embroidered. It says bombshell on it. It's like, yeah, okay. Ugh. It's such an unexpected, honest moment. The the bit from that scene that I wanted to call out is I love it when a uh, a superhero adaptation makes an excuse for the costume that the character is wearing and how they got this and like the scenes that we got of the old Spider-Man movies of him like sitting at a, a, a sewing machine putting together his costume. Mm. It's it's that little dumb stuff that uh, gives me joy, and the idea of now oh there, what would be a situation in which someone with a, a bow and arrow like like that sort of costume, who would make that? 
Oh, yeah, LARPers. That, LARPers that actually makes sense. The people that would make this sort of costume are the sort of people that would be cosplaying at Comic-Con yeah. as Hawkeye. So. And, and so they would normally have their own material. So when they're asking Hawkeye and Kate for material... Well, I think is, it's because material cost. I, I think it's because there's already, like, an Avenger tailor and who has, like specialty well, shit and they want that stuff to make these wait isn't her mom in design no her mom's, her mom's in security, security, her mom's in security wait yeah. who did i who, who maybe not maybe I'm... I'm having flashbacks to uh the third act of the first avengers movie when cap says you got a suit suit up like where did he get that suit the suit that he had like yeah was that it didn't seem to be just I mean, like Standard issue uh, shield or whatever stealth ops. Yeah. Uh, I think the shield best stuff. suit like scene or figuring out the suit scene of the MCU unofficial MCU is Deadpool, where he's going through and it's like, is the mask muffling? It's like, can you not hear me? Is the mask really <laughs> muffling my voice? <laughs> um, that was a good sequence in that movie. And then we have rooftop rumble, where everything comes together. Kate breaks in to Maya's apartment simply by being a good Samaritan and then a crazy one. I love the, there's an Avenger in my ear. Oh, right. He's, he's talking to me right now. It's like, oh, great. Well, I'm also thinking it's just like, this is a weird technical thing. I know it's a little bit ahead in the, in the show, but like, you know how Spider-Man, when he shoots his webs, they dissolve. Yes. It's like he mentions it in uh, Homecoming. He's like, that'll dissolve in, in, in two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're a bad guy. No, you're a bad guy. Uh, it dissolves. She shoots that purple arrow. I'm like, okay, tell me how they're not going to come home and see purple stuff all over their wall and be like, oh, I wonder who was in here. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, I don't know. I'm just like, does that dissolve? <laughs> I, f- I like to, no. I feel like it doesn't. That they're just like, that, that was there the whole time. It was just a weird that's thought I had. Now. Yeah, it was just a weird yeah. thought I had. I was like, that's no, not really dis- right. like Well, now I have more of an appreciation for like them mentioning it in Spider-Man. <laughs> right, yeah, because he's like, oh, I, I created this. It dissolves. <laughs> also, Nick, you always talk about New York moments. That in the elevator right there, someone saying that they're hearing someone talking, all that, very New York mo- moment. That is very accurate. You know, I felt that. Especially with AirPods now. You yep. don't see them on Not the, the helping they're of just, the groceries. No yeah. one's going to give their no, groceries No, no one does up. that. No, oh. you, just, you don't notice that they have I AirPods. I sometimes help just... my neighbors with groceries. <laughs> no, isn't I... there like a theory that you never actually see your neighbors bringing groceries? <laughs> Haven't you seen That's that? A... <laughs> Wait, is, is have this you ever in the seen... same vein of our birds real? <laughs> <laughs> No, well, wait, no, wait, wait. Like, he might like be onto something. Hold on. It's a conspiracy to get everybody to stay inside so they can go change the batteries on all the birds. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen my neighbors bring in their groceries. Exactly. It's a conspiracy. You've never seen them. Think about Each it. Each of us <laughs> are being Truman showed. Every single person. <laughs> I stumped John there. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to... John's just I've got the never spinning seen... wheel logo on his forehead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my mind process. is buffering right now with all of this. <laughs> Um, John, I promise birds are real. I, I mean, the rooftop. Maya's in her apartment, so Maya and Kate fight. But who's fighting Clint? Sam Fisher. My immediate thought was Vera Farminga. Really? I still think she's nefarious somehow. Interesting. Well, 
pretty straightforward. It's Yelena. We get it. And there's moments within this fight that's... Okay. Obviously, the moment that like sticks out is when Yelena hooks Kate and throws her off the roof. But when she throws her off, she knows like Kate's attached to something, so she's going to be hanging. But Hawkeye doesn't see that. And when he goes down, he kind of has like that PTSD moment of seeing Natasha fall. But the way I interpret it is, wait a second. Natasha was the only person I've ever seen do this move. How did this person do this move? She also uh, used the widow's bite yeah, bracelets. It was when that, the it was uh, when the bracelets came oh. out. I think it was a little before that. The bracelets came out, and you're like, oh, got it. Know who that is? I think is. we actually even got a reaction shot uh, of Clint like seeing her diving on somebody or on uh, Kate, I guess, with the uh, I thought, widow's bite. I thought didn't, I, I didn't may have been. Hit, I may be wrong. Didn't she hit um, Echo? Or that might have been. It. I thought. It, I thought she hit Maya with the bracelet. She might have hit. A, yes. Yes. You're right. She, she hit like, Maya with it. Like, That's right. Yeah. Maya just like yeah. yanked those things yeah. off. Yeah. Um. There was, I think, a quick cut moment where Yelena lands and she does like the. The land, was... like the one we all know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I think we all saw this coming. Like. I think as soon as, like you said, you saw the Widow bracelets, but if you didn't see Black Widow, this was probably more of a shock. You're compared probably to saying, that, who is that? Who is that? Or anything? Yeah, I have no idea who that is because I've never seen Black Widow. Wait, have you really never seen Black Widow? No, Wait. but... The- if, but, I, but if I had never seen it, I would. If you've never seen Black Widow right now, you still. I was going to say, it. Nick, we recorded. I was like, we recorded a podcast about, about it. You did very well at bringing up points. You faked it. Like- we had disagreements about the quality of the CG in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Nick didn't believe. Uh, Nick didn't realize it was a fine pig. It was not a real pig, Nick. There was no pigs. There was a CG pig. Yeah. Well, also, if you don't, if you didn't see see slash remember the post credit scene in Black Widow. This wouldn't really make sense. You'd just be like, "Oh, yeah. I know her." Which like, that scene didn't makes... make sense to me. Anyway, who the hell even knows <laughs> uh, what happened to Natasha? Well, th- clearly, Julie Louis Dreyfus has. How? Some... How would she know that? I don't know. I don't know that she does. I think it's just. What if she's she Mephisto? Said, she says, "Hey, Clint Barton was the one who killed Black Widow. He was there, and they did it together. And so that's why. Oh shit! I better go kill Clint now." Like. Why would she believe that? And why she's would Mephisto. You that? There you go. Know that. Why would she know that? Well, I don't. Because she's Mephisto. Think... She's the devil. Why do crazy men do the things they do? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if she necessarily knows. I think she's just like, I want to wipe this guy out because she's bad. She's just like, oh well, he clearly like she knows that something maybe like Clint was the last person that saw. Well, then why would Yelena believe fair. that? <laughs> Look, man, we've all been hurt. She lost a sister. She's yeah, mourning. Like, She's wh- in a vulnerable spot. When you're mourning, spot. someone's going to tell you something. You're going to be like, yeah, oh, I totally Look, I'm on board. I, I can. Clint was in mourning, and he killed organized crime. <laughs> he killed so, yeah. a weed dealer. That, that was his mission. Yeah. He, she, Clint killed he, he went uh, right James into weed, weed dealers. Dealer. All right? <laughs> she had no direction. There was no one to murder. And now, oh, you got to go murder your sister's best friend because somebody <laughs> told you? That doesn't make any fucking sense. And now that she's actually on that mission, she pulls her punches and doesn't kill Clint. Because she realizes, oh, wait, this is what my sister saw in this person. <laughs> Friendship. 
None of it makes sense. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would agree with that. I, yeah, it would, it doesn't make. Yeah, maybe she wanted to. I don't know. Talk to him, like beat him up, and then be like, "What? What happened to?" Tell me yeah, maybe she's not, she's not actually taking just, the mission. Yeah, she's and not that just going to just like kill him immediately. What like. a fantastic addition to that scene, which didn't exist. Right, <laughs> but I think it just all kind of blew up in her face because she pulled off. He, he pulled off her her mask, and then she's like, "I got to get out of here." It seems like rather than engaging an Avenger in fist to fist combat, like a a rifle from a, a couple rooftops away. I feel like would probably be the move. Bingo. If uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus came up to me and said, "Hey James, I need you to kill Hawkeye," I would say, "Okay, where is my rifle?" Right. You're not going to go. Yeah, it's clear that she wants to talk to him at least before anything. I mean, be, Natasha be and Yelena fought before they even started talking in Black Widow. Oh, this might be the way they engage in conversation. Yeah, it's just okay. tradition. Or they just know that superheroes have to fight before they become friends. It's just... <laughs> that too. Yeah, so they, it, 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 she's just following she's that still a little Every bit hero in Avengers. <laughs> she, she's like, you still took my sister away. You gotta get jumped in. It's like a gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With, with, with uh, that in mind, this is making sense. But with, with any kind of actual motivation, they're, they're dropping a lot of balls with Elena Belova. Uh, well, we have two more episodes to find out. So she hasn't I, had any lines yet, so presumably if she's true. in the rest of the series, she will say things and hopefully... They probably didn't give her lines this episode so they didn't have to pay her. They are like, look, we're only paying you an appearance fee. Um, okay, we'll pay you for the next two episodes. You're going to do a lot of combat... Uh, roles and things but uh i also have services a, over there yeah weird feeling just because the way marvel does things i don't think she's going to show up in next episode wouldn't shock me i think episode five is going to be like some sort of like i don't know figuring out just figuring stuff out that has nothing to do with this storyline oh man i hope it's not <laughs> yeah, like it's a just, flashback like episode what, yeah I or think like a it's one-off be, i think we go to a butterscotch be... factory <laughs> oh uh, one thing before we like close it out on the episode, uh, Laura Barton speaking Russian and oh, it was the, German. With the Rolex, was, I was German with the, the Rolex. Rolex. Oh, it's German. It was German. Sorry. And get the, yeah. What's, what is that Rolex? I know we saw it in the first episode. It's from the Avenger compound, but Clint says that, uh, if, if whoever gets this watch and deciphers it, then, uh, somebody who's out of the business is going to be. Uh, in danger hmm. and that's pretty much all we get is that like... i think it's laura yeah i think it's laura i think but i mean they never really show how they met but i yeah. think laura has some sort of yeah she knows a lot of these spy tricks so she's very she much a widow? a widow or a shield or something my immediate thought was nick fury because he's the only one i know who's like legitimately retired anybody else get miss minutes vibes from that rolex you just say that about every clock you see. <laughs> I'm just saying, I I need I need to see Miss Minutes back somehow. It's already been. She too needs long. her own spinoff. She needs her own spinoff. <laughs> Echo's getting one. It's true. Yeah. 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 And if Kingpin's the bad guy, then the watch could tie to Murdoch. But do they know that Murdoch was? 
it's an Avengers compound. It's been there for years, man. I don't, I don't know when or not Daredevil showed up, and he was like, "Oh, I'm going to retire in this five year period." Yeah. By the way, here's, uh, here's my watch. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll tell you exactly my uh, superhero history and where my well, location is. So, I feel what... like Matt Murdock wouldn't own a Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, fair. It's for it's for show purposes. Uh, Somebody had to pay him in a watch. Yeah. I feel like the Rolex, the vibe I got from it was similar with the Ten Rings. So at the end, post credit scene of Shang-Chi where they're looking through and it's that little like pulsating signal. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I don't know why, but like the Rolex, I feel like is something like that where it's, if it's decrypted in that way and some. Yeah, it, it, it could deal with the scrolls somehow. Yeah. The, the Rolex is going to summon an extra dimensional threat. Maybe. Also, when Maybe. when she found the Rolex and then the, all their names, it's just sitting on a yeah a shelf. I don't know. I feel like yeah. I feel like uh, Eleanor's got something to do with it. It's just me. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, because she like was like, "You have a family," and I don't know. I just feel like oh, that's she right. Made, and like, a uh, phone call like, and, and it was like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just feel wait. Like but Clint also said, or like Kate found a list that had Clint's family. Even though that was in right, Maya's apartment, she, what if Maya found she... that? Right, that was that was found in Maya's apartment. In Maya's list. apartment, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm am saying that some somehow but I it feel was, like Eleanor maybe tipped it Ele- off. It was on Eleanor's computer that she found the employment Ooh. records for Kazi. So, yeah, and obviously Jack is CEO of Sloan Limited, so there right. are connections. Yeah, that that conversation at the elevator. At the elevator, yeah. Uh, that that whole bit at the beginning. I was struck by how like carefully played that whole sequence was, mm-hmm. and how like it it felt like the the scene of Norman Osborn and uh, Tobey Maguire, like after figuring each other out, kind mm. of squaring off and and sizing each other up. The when she asked if you have children and then answered, of course, yeah, I can, I can tell from that pause or, or whatever it is that she said, like that would felt very much like a, I'm saying this in the context of, so you're a parent, you know, well, but also myself. you got kids. I know you got kids yeah. planting that, that seed. It's a little threatening. Oh yeah. It, it definitely, it definitely was very threatening. It was not like a, so great to see you. I really know. It was like, yeah, you got kids. Stay away from Kate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, before we uh, go, so Eric, we always rate what we've watched. And instead of using stars, we rate it by Tofu's, which is the name of my dog, the star of our podcast. All right. Uh, so you may have you... heard him earlier. Yes, might have heard did. him. I, I heard uh, you say Tofu, and then I saw Tofu rating. I was like, I think it's got to do something with the dog. Yeah. <laughs> so... We've gotten through four episodes of Hawkeye so far. Um, I'm gonna my through two episodes. My rating was at three tofus. With the addition of these two, I'm gonna move it up to three point five. So with four episodes in, I'm gonna say three and a half tofus, and I'm gonna let you guys tell me what you think. Out of five, out of five. And this can, I mean, like I said, this is just. Up to four, so uh, there's completely room to grow. And in my case, my rating has grown. Uh, where, where are you at? EP helps. Oh, uh, 
I'd say it's just it's it's grown every episode. I would say at at the beginning I was like, oh, it's probably just very middle of the road, like three, very just like hard three, and then it was probably like a three three, then and then after episode three I was like, okay, sword, we're getting kind of into it. I was like, I'm liking the relationship that uh, um, Kate and Hawkeye are building. I was like, okay, maybe three seven five. I'd say I'd probably give it like a three point eight right now. Three point eight. Yelena helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because it that brought everything in, and I'm like, okay, now things are advancing quickly. It seems like so. Three eight. Three eight. Yeah. Uh, Yelena's actually bringing it down for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> he said that earlier too. Yeah, I can It's got to make sense in the narrative, <laughs> and as of right now, it's just a lot of. There's going to be it? one scene that's just going to be especially just for you, and it's going to, like, Yelena talking about why she did it and the why behind all of it. Yeah, that would that would, that would bump it up. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they didn't, and right now it still uh, uh, has as much potential as it did before without uh, revealing uh, uh, enough of the end game for this series to where it's, it's still solid three for me. Solid and, three? And the, the last two episodes are going to make or break. Okay. Producer James? I'm still feeling four. Still feeling four. Yeah. I'm, I'm still really vibing with it. I love all the little details in the backgrounds of scenes. Uh, the, the scene that we just described in front of the elevator, I, I think I texted John... Uh, earlier today if you look in the umbrella stand that's next to that elevator there are two swords <laughs> like it's ridiculous how many swords are in that uh mm-hmm. penthouse but uh no i'm i'm enjoying it uh and excited to see where it goes i'm really ast- given how much they're they're really beating, beating us over the head with kingpins coming uh seems like i maybe have a pretty <laughs> like good Christmas. idea where this is going but uh still excited to see how they finish it i mean no pressure to this series but it does end the wednesday before christmas so if clint isn't spending christmas in the mcu with his family i don't know how i'm gonna get through mine that's what i keep trying to say it's just gonna be devastating look i they they're messing with precious this is a christmas time okay it's interesting that it goes episode five Spider-Man No Way Home, episode six. You know what I mean? It's like how it's the fair. yeah. No, but they did that on purpose. Oh, they, absolutely. They, on, they always do it on purpose. So it's just very interesting. Like, there's got to be Daredevil. I don't know something. Yeah. Something where you I'm, see somebody and you're gonna see somebody. It's got to be. I th- I think at least. But well, I feel like No Way uh, No Way Home would be the perfect place for Daredevil. Everyone's anticipating the big like shocking is going to be Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. But well, that that's the can't not happen. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, people are just going to like be so mad if that doesn't. (laughs) Did you see that uh, Brazilian trailer that has a shot of the lizard jumping Mm -hmm. along with all of the, the villains on the, the statue of Liberty scene in that trailer. And he appears to be being punched by someone invisible and like turning, uh, Yep. His, his head is jerking as though someone is punching him. Totally but Spider-Man is 
way up above him in the scene like it it looks like it's it's pretty well out of the bag so did you maybe, all see uh, maybe that's not all venom let there be did carnage yes yes it did okay i didn't but steve steve's like i just saw it and saw the end credit do you want me to spoil it for you i was like please like kill me now like do it spoiler alert spoiler alerts spoiler alert if you have not seen venom let there be carnage so they introduce the idea or they introduce that venom and carnage exist within the mcu well venom does venom does it the it's, way i think it the... alludes that carnage is still there right uh, so the it sounds like scene... steve didn't tell you enough of this movie yeah <laughs> the scene itself was uh eddie brock and venom hanging out in a hotel room and falling asleep uh in a bed and then there's like a big yellowish flash and it's a different hotel room and he sees spider-man uh tom holland on the television in a news story and venom appears to recognize him that guy. Uh, he no i don't know if he recognizes he says I mean, that's that guy not... and then licks the tv True. wait that guy wait wait you said that he's in one room yellowish thing happens and then he's in that is that the he's... doctor strange spell at all yeah if we're talking Probably. timelines that's Looks what like that's it. what i think and then venom is now in that universe whether he comes in in no way home or not he is now fully in that universe of tom holland now yeah, because I right. could turn my screen to the Elmo fire burning like him like this. <laughs> meme. That is how I feel right now. I honestly, I don't know. In a weird way, though, they've made Venom such an anti-hero that like, I don't know, is he going to help out? And then something's going to turn it to where now they're enemies. Like, I don't think he's going to be part of this Sinister Six. Like, I don't think so. Just my thought. I agree. I think the way they've done this Venom character, he does not. He would actually lose points the, the, the character's worse off by having to go against spider-man yeah oh yeah because he's so independent who are the sinister six they're bringing in that we've there's seen? only sinister five so far right so we saw yeah, sandman somebody else Doc is getting Ock, painted out in photoshop green <laughs> goblin shocker nope. lizard nope electro electro electro, electro. and then lizard Lizard. Shocker was the guy with the gauntlets in yeah. the first Spider-Man <laughs> of this series that got liquefied or whatever. He got replaced. He got re- there was another one. So we do need one more because you can't replaced. set this up and it's not the Sinister Six type. It's the uh, Furious Five. <laughs> in the Ultimates comic, uh, the villains blackmail Spider-Man to helping them out. So Spider-Man is the sixth person. Yeah, that uh, Spider-Man in the ninja, in the, uh, what is it, the, uh, oh, what, the night monkey uh, costume, because it's from, it looks like the same one from Far From Home. What is, what is it, that's what his character's name is? What is it? Night monkey. Night monkey. Night monkey, yeah. Yeah, it looks like that. Is that Andrew Garfield? Is that? No, I think it's just a different suit for Tom. Just a different suit? Okay. Yeah, it was like black and gold. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes. Seen theories online that that black and, and gold or black and silver suit that uh, he's seen wearing in one of the trailers might actually be uh, his costume inside out because there seems to be like visible wiring and, and visible like transistors and whatnot. So I think it's the electronics inside the suit. Is, oh, is that the new like integrated suit? Because they they, he has like three new suits in the, the new one already. 
Yeah. Because if you look at like the little, I don't know, they, I think they've already come out with like the Funko Pops or whatever. They have like <laughs> a, he has multiple suits. He's got like the upgraded suit, which is the red and black one. He's got the new, he's got the nanotech and then he's got the integrated that doesn't quite look like the nanotech. So there's two sep, there's four suits, there are four different suits already in the new one that he wears, apparently. It's George Clooney uh, era Batman. Like. <laughs> Got to get all the action figures and right. all the cars. That's and exactly what it is. What if Batman had to fight somebody in snow? He's got to have a white costume. You got to be able to blend in. Uh, what are y'all's theories then for No Way Home big reveals? Driv, uh, uh, my roommate, he thinks that uh, when Zendaya is falling, that Andrew Garfield's going to save her. I think yeah. so too. Oh, yeah. uh, I never watched The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, I just rewatched the first one. I've never seen the second, and I'm going to before No Way Home comes out. Oh, you just does, does he not I've save seen them all multiple times? Stacy, there. No, so in the second one, it's that same scene, but he doesn't save her. Yeah. She dies. He's like this close. He reaches out. He hits it's her with a spoiler. Spoiler. spoiler alert. I mean, we'll throw a spoiler <laughs> alert. Let's throw. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. In all fairness, the that like. Is is a thing that happened in the comics fifty something or sixty something years ago? Yeah, so like, and that movie was also ten. This movie's I was about yeah. to say this movie's been a, it's been a <laughs> while. Yeah, I hope I didn't spoil it. Right so now. then, <laughs> is this his redemption? I do like that. He, That's I mean, the what people are thinking the troublesome thing here is that in that movie specifically, again, spoilers. Sorry, John. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I mean, you can spoil. Shit. I mean, you can go for it. The the specifics of that scene is he shoots his web. His web catches her but he isn't like securing himself properly when he shoots the web. So when he grabs something to suddenly stop himself, the inertia of everything suddenly stopping before she hits the ground is what snaps her neck. Yeah. Like he kills her because he did it wrong. And so the, the implication that this is a chance for him to do it again, isn't just, Oh, I didn't quite get it. Like I didn't, do it in time or something it was i did this so wrong that she died because of it she was going to die either way but like <laughs> yeah. specifically we see that she doesn't hit the ground yeah anyway. oh i'm so excited for this movie yeah in, in in the trailer uh dr strange mentions the second trailer he mentions that the the reason all these villains are here and they're popping up is because they're all fated to die fighting spider-man right and presumably Doctor Strange is like, so we have to kill them while they're fighting Spider-Man. And Spider-Man's like, no, I want to save them all. So, I mean, it's still potentially he's the sixth member here. Doctor Strange? Himself? Or Spider-Man Spider fighting himself? Sp okay. It's Gwen. Gwen Stacy. Is... No, it's Tobey Maguire because we know he's an asshole. Bully Maguire. Bully Maguire, yeah. yeah. Bully Maguire. Bully Maguire. <laughs> yeah. Bully Maguire. <laughs> yeah, but presumably Venom's in that universe just in time for the movie so he might be in it somehow um so the concept of a multiverse is my favorite <laughs> thing from comic books the the idea that whatever random story uh someone can make up counts in some yeah. way even if it didn't happen to the captain america that is in the captain america comic like it happened to a captain america because it's all included that sort of mentality applied to 
all of the media that we've seen from Marvel up until now. Uh, we recently got an announcement that the X-Men uh, cartoon from the 90s is coming back. It and, is. And it's going to be a continuation of that. Like, in my heart of hearts, I'm hoping like, oh, that that's because that's one of those universes that now counts in MCU canon. Somewhere out there, there's just a universe where everyone's a cartoon. And that's... It's it's a lot like the MCU, except it, it looks like that particular drawing style. On the mutants, I mean, I've always said that there's no way that mutants could have existed in this current in MCU universe and not not interfered, but like gotten involved with anything, whether it was the New York attack, um, it was Thanos beforehand, or even before Thanos, it was, um, oh, what is the... Infinity War, the city they destroy. Sokovia. Sokovia? Uh, Sarkovia. Yeah, Sarkovia. Uh, all that, I easily. But in a different universe, if they exist... And they had teased us with this in Far From Home. Because Mysterio... Uh, yeah. Mysterio, right? Mm-hmm. Was mm-hmm. from another universe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, it's... it's. I'm excited that that, like, mentality can now be applied to... All of the wacky, like, the made-for-TV Captain America movie from the 70s and the Hulk TV show from the 80s. Oh, hell yeah. Lou Ferrigno. Those count. Lou Ferrigno showed up in the first Hulk movie. Maybe he... (laughs) That's fair. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Do you think we see Nick Fury in Far From Home? Or No Way Home? Mm. It's a a little sneaky because he's been in in the series before. Besides Venom and the Spider-Men, I... The only call I'm going to say is that I don't think Doctor Strange is uh, is all there. I, I think either it is somebody pretending to be Doctor Strange, or he's he's being corrupted somehow by something. Because Are you uh, telling me it was Agatha all along? Mephisto, probably. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's a that's a, di- that, that's a big Scarlet theory. Witch. It's Mephisto yeah, or, just because or, of the comic or Nightmare. Yeah. If yeah. if we left Wandavision with Wanda reading the Darkhold, uh, trying to figure out how to cross over into other universes where her children still exist. And Doctor Strange has the magic that can do something like that. I'm curious if this is her yeah, putting her po- fingers around trying to... Post oh, credits is probably going to be Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange, and then this enters All into right, so the multiverse of madness. Well, yeah, so then... Yeah. yeah, hear me out here. It's the post credit is it's Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberbatch. There we go. Set up. Little one of those little holes, teleportation holes comes through, and in walks in Doctor Strange, like you said, and it's like, wait a second. Then who's this? And we have the little bit of the Scooby Doo ending. The no, you get the the Spider Man meme. The Spider Man meme. Doctor Strange is pointing at each other. Yeah. Well, it's also the what if people talked about it it could be the what if the bad strange from what if it yeah. very well could yeah. you got the, the arrow might yeah. as well right <laughs> <laughs> they uh did mention i think we on a podcast talked about uh somebody specifically said like they're thinking of taking pieces from that series to bring into the live action either movies or tv series so at the time everyone was interpreting that as captain carter mm-hmm. but that may well be our evil Doctor Strange. Yeah, and I would love to see Jeffrey Wright or 
uh, Kang the Conqueror in some fashion. I would oh, yeah. love it too. Eric, thank you for just dropping in and talking yeah, with thank us. Thank you guys. Uh, we definitely been... have to, cause we're all good at talk. We definitely have to talk with you with Spider-Man. Um, like, for sure. Absolutely. I know you're good. How many tickets have you already bought? How many are you ready to I see? I already have two for the same day. Amazing. And you can't see this, but he's actually already dressed as Spider-Man. Oh, I was going to actually say I'll come as Spider-Man for the next one. So. You definitely <laughs> absolutely should. Um, I was like, well, I have my, my suit from the RPC studio. A little plug there. They should sponsor me. I was like, the suit's like $700. It's like literally a replica. So That is ta- awesome. tailored to I'm my I'm assuming body. you're wearing it too. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a front row seat at like seven o'clock and then a back row seat at 11 o'clock. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Hey, it's been a pleasure. I'd love to come on again. Talk more Spider-Man after, after it drops. So we'll definitely have you, man. Thank you for coming on. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. Later, man. Bye. All right, that's going to do it for today at John's Mostly Movie Podcast. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Please leave us a review and rate us. Let us know how we're doing. If you could also, please share it out to your friends. If you have any comments, any concerns, you can send us an email at emails at johnsmostlymoviepodcast.com. Thanks again for listening. All right, we'll bring up time.is. Let me know when you're there. James is there. Nick, I'm going to assume you're there. I'm there. Nick, are you on time.is? I was on time.is before you opened the Zoom. Nick is so prepared. Damn. Ready on it. All right. um, I'll wait. We'll do it at the five-second mark of the next minute.